630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. After the first period, the Capitals hammering the Sabres 4-0. Flyers and Devils are tied 1-1. In the second period, it's the Islanders leading the Lightning 1-0, and the Hurricanes and Red Wings are tied 1-1. Blue Jackets and Blues just getting underway. Later tonight, Dallas at Colorado. The Canucks play the Ducks, and the Jets take on the Sharks. CFL tonight, the final Friday night football game of the year. This one will not impact the standings. 2-14 left in the second quarter. Montreal leading Ottawa 17-6. Tomorrow here on 6.30, Chad, going to be a beauty of a day. 9.30 face-off show, then the play-by-play at 11 with the Oilers taking on the Penguins. Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl named the third star of the month in the NHL for his performance in October. John Carlson, the first star. David Pasternak, the second star. After... The Oilers game at around 2 o'clock will throw it over Regina to Regina as the Eskimos take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now that game will impact the standings because with a win, the Rough Riders clinch first in the West. They may or may not have their starting quarterback, Cody Fajardo, in that game. If Edmonton wins, then Calgary can get first later in the day by beating BC. So that uh, uh, it is an important game, not so much for the Eskimos, but for the Riders. So maybe the Eskimos can spoil things a little bit. We'll preview both those games as we roll along tonight. Jack Michaels will check in from Pittsburgh and Dave Campbell will be on the line from Regina. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for starting your weekend with me inside sports on 630 Chat. I'm happy to hear from you. And you may have something to say about this story I'm going to get into here. You can text 630 our phone number is 780-496-0063. If you were listening to the end of the afternoon news, you heard me uh, teasing this with Jay Lynn. I am sure you know of Catherine and Michelle Plouffe, the uh, Edmonton basketball stars who have done great in their careers, played on Team Canada, have played in uh, leagues in Europe. And this summer, they have been excelling in the uh, FIBA 3X3 series, playing obviously with Canadian teammates, traveling around the world to play in in 3x3 tournaments winning the tournament held here in edmonton last month and they have they won their last four events they won their last 19 games and so they're ranked second in the fiba 3x3 rankings and they will not be able to participate in the olympics in tokyo next summer Seem odd to you? Seemed odd to me. If it, if it didn't seem odd to you, you, you can tell me why it didn't. So here's, here's some things that are going on. Even though this Canadian team is ranked second in the world, FIBA and the International Olympic Committee are admitting teams to the tournament and the Olympic qualifying tournament based on the, the federation ranking. So the the ranking of the entire country. So in women's 3x3, Canada is ranked 26th. By the way, before the Ploof started playing this summer, they were ranked in the 90s. But they were really the only Canadian team going and earning points for Canada. So they got Canada up to 26th through their individual performance. But their individual performance is not enough to get them into the Olympics representing Canada. So what's happening is there's only going to be eight teams in the 3x3 tournament in the Olympics in Tokyo. Eight eight men and eight women. Four women's teams are already qualified. 
20 teams are being invited to India to play in March for three more spots out of the eight. Canada will have a men's team in that. Canada will not have a women's team in that. Again, based on them not being high enough in the federation ranking. So what what is happening here is that FIBA for the 3x3 takes into account not just the results, but they also use a, particip- a participation-based system. So the more teams you have going and the better of a grassroots program you have with 3x3, the more likely you're getting to get invited into the Olympics or to get invited to have a chance to win your way into the Olympics. Another thing that they're doing is that they want to have as many different countries as possible in those final 16, eight men and eight women that play in the Olympics. So they want to have as little crossover as possible. So they don't want to have the same eight countries in the men that are, in, that are in the women's side. If possible, they want to have 16 different countries between the two women. So because Canada was ranked high enough to get a spot in the men's Olympic qualifying tournament, that hurt the women of getting a spot in the tournament. So if you're thinking to yourself, like I did, this seems like they're rewarding participation over excellence. Well, that is exactly what is happening. Now, the counter, and I talked to a couple people this afternoon, the, the counter side from FIBA would be that they want to build 3x3 as a global sport. And they want to reward nations who have built 3x3 up, not just over the last couple of years, but over the last 8, 9, 10 years, and who are, are playing it regularly in their country and are developing athletes specifically to play three-on-three basketball. Canada has not done this. In fact, Canada basketball doesn't really have a 3x3 strategy, and we don't really have a grassroots program. And somebody even told me, said, as as great as the Ploofs were, they got involved in this kind of late. And I, I also believe that the Ploofs got no funding from this through Canada basketball. So this, I, I think we've seen a bit of a failure here from... Our, our national program, the basketball program, to not invest enough time and money into this. And then, quite frankly, it's absurd to me that you would have the Olympics and you would actively exclude the best teams and athletes. I, 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 I mean, I, I understand, I, fine, the approach from FIBA, if, if they want to say, we, we want this being played all over the world, and, you know, Mongolia is, is going to be in the Olympics, and that's obviously a... You know, not a rich country, but they, they've been building up 3x3 basketball for a long time. So they did enough to get in. Okay, fine, good for them. But if you really want to celebrate the sport and get people interested, then have a 16-team tournament in men and women. Don't just have it, or have 24. I mean, there should still be room for the best teams to get in. And, and this hurts a couple of Edmonton athletes, Catherine and Michelle Plouffe, who are excellent players and busted their butts all summer long traveling around the world and and winning like i said they they won four events they they won here in edmonton they weren't just participating they were succeeding and and even okay maybe they weren't together as long as other teams but they won and now they will not be in the olympic games they will not even be given the opportunity to play their way into the olympics okay you know what 
they they gave out these four qualifying spots. All right, may, maybe you want to reward the teams with the grassroots countries. Well, at least give the other great teams a, a chance to play their way in. But FIBA has done this. The International Olympic Committee has said we're fine with it. And I find it really odd. And like I said at the end of the afternoon news, this would be like telling Usain Bolt in his prime, you can't run in the Olympics because you're the only elite sprinter in your country. Like, that would be insane. That, that, that would be insane. And it's weird because, you know, I, we're a hockey nation. There are 12 teams in the uh, Olympic hockey tournament now or there, you know, there were when there were the pros in it. I mean, did any of some of these teams have a chance on at beating Canada? So I don't know. To to me, it's sad, and it's 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 kind of spitting in the face of athletes like the Ploofs who put a lot of time and work into this to excel at it. Mark wants to comment. He's on line one. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Reed. I, I, you know, the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, the the Olympics are getting they're getting uh, they're starting to lose their mind as well. I mean, politically they're starting to lose their mind. That's crazy, you know. It, it'd be like them saying to the uh, U.S. men's basketball team, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, you guys can't play in the Olympics because you know you're we we only have one team, and in this case, the female team has made it before you guys, so you guys have to sit back and watch. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I, I agree, and, and I mean, I guess the. Again, I talked to some people who gave a bit of a counter-argument, and I, and I hear it, but why is there not room for the best teams and athletes? How do you not make room for them? And, and, if, you, and if you really want to get people excited, you know what gets people excited about watching a sport, Mark? Having someone to cheer for. So if there's only eight teams in the tournament, that's, fewer, that, that's not very many nations who are really going to care. So if you want people to say, hey, let's care about this and let's watch it, make it a 24-team tournament. Make it 32 teams. Make it last the entire two weeks of the Olympics. Uh, you, you know, But instead, they're going to narrow it down to eight teams and basically base it on participation ribbons instead of performance. Uh, it's all too rational an argument. I mean, you can't have that kind of an argument nowadays. We... Uh... We work on other other systems, you know. No, it's it's crazy, as you said. How tough would it be for them to have just a, like a thirty-two team bracket, and then just you know you just play down. And how many rounds are we talking? Thirty-two teams. What's that? Five rounds. Well, or they'd have eight pools of four. They usually have pool play because the games only last about ten minutes, right? They're very they're very quick games. So you could have. You know, whatever. You could have pools, then you could have the round of 16 and quarterfinals the next day and the semis and the... When it was at West Ed here, it was uh, it was Saturday and Sunday. And I went and watched the Ploofs in the final. It was great action. It's it's nonstop. They're scoring all the time. It's, it's back and forth. People will watch it. But quite frankly, I'm less likely to watch it if Canada's not in it. And especially oh, after this... No, I mean, absolutely. Why would you watch it? As a Canadian, why would you watch it unless you really, really enjoy the sport? Why would you watch it? I mean, it, it, let's say the States is, is in it, which I can only presume that they're number one. They're not. Yes, number the States is number one in women, uh, but no, actually they, they weren't. I think France might have been. But the States, the States is in both qualifying tournaments. Even though they tried to limit the crossover, the States did get into both qualifying tournaments. Yeah, no, it's, you know, this this comes from, and I, I'm going to step on a landmine on this one, but this comes from the same organization that is uh, is pushing transgenderism in female sport. 
and they're trying to say that uh, you know that they're on an equal playing field. I, I, I you know, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm starting to get turned off with the Olympics because I think they're getting far too, they're getting far too woke and they're getting far too <laughs> politically correct. I mean, the reality is you should be you should be having the best athletes there, uh, and uh, and that's what's not what's going on. I. I I mean, I won't be watching it. I, I got to be honest. I really enjoyed the uh, the three on three basketball, but I'm not going to be watching. I don't know. I'm not going to waste my time. Mark, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks, Reed. All right, you can weigh in as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. It's six twenty. We're back after the break. for tuning in tonight we will preview our uh, double header on 630 ched with guys from both broadcast crews jack michaels will talk oilers penguins dave campbell will talk eskimos rough riders i'm curious about the guy uh, after cody fajardo on the riders depth chart if he is not able to play tomorrow he has been listed at the starter but he's been fighting some back pain this week as uh, the eskimos are well they want to win but they're also in tune-up mode for next sunday's east semi-final against the montreal alouettes uh, all right uh, uh, you can call 780-496-0063. You can text 63630 as we've been uh, going over this story that uh, broke this afternoon. Canada, despite being ranked number two in women's 3x3 basketball, led by the Plouffe sisters from Edmonton, Catherine and Michelle, uh, have not been automatically qualified for the Olympics and have not been invited to the Olympic qualifying tournament in India in March 2020. It's because Canada's ranking as a federation is not high enough is not high enough. Uh, one texter simply says, Reed, it's our snowflake world. Another texter says, I was to believe the Olympics was about the top athletes and not the top countries. Well, I agree with that. And uh, we had a caller, Mark, saying that uh, this makes him less interested to watch the three-on-three tournament. Frankie D says, I think by not watching the three-on-three basketball, you're not being supportive of the country because the men have qualified for the tournament. The, the men have qualified for the qualifying tournament <laughs> then they have to get one of the three spots out of that to get um into the into the olympics there there are more men's teams playing representing canada including team edmonton with uh, steve sir and jordan baker on the team and uh, and they've been doing pretty well so that's that's a good story uh but on the women's side basically phoebe is saying sorry you, you don't have enough people doing it and you haven't been doing it for long enough so we can't let you in because of one team which is uh, a little counterintuitive in my mind. But I don't run FIBA. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> nor, do I, nor do I run the International Olympic Committee, nor do I think I would want to. That, that would probably be a thankless job. But this, this, this is a bit of a... This is a bit of a head-scratcher. And I understand, you know, some, one, of the, one of the people I talked to this afternoon who who totally understands why people are going to be upset about this and is very supportive of the Ploofs, also said, you know, the Ploofs did get involved in this a little later in the process compared to some teams. And, and I say to that, well, that's fine. But if, but if you're good, you're good. 
I mean, they they didn't not let they didn't not allow Bianca Andreescu into the U.S. Open because she wasn't high enough in the rankings in March and April. No, by the time the U.S. Open started in late August, she was good enough to play and and good enough to win it. I just again, I just don't understand how you truly showcase a sport and get people interested in a relatively brand new sport by excluding the best teams in the world. You know. Jen Kish is from Edmonton. She played on, on the Rugby Sevens in the Olympics. We've had her on the show several times. And look, most of these sports aren't going to become household sports that you follow year-round, but you might watch them in the Olympics or the World Championships or when there are events in your city like there was with the 3x3 in Edmonton. Um, so because the, the, the Rugby Sevens had the best teams and it was exciting, people said, hey, you know what? I like that. Canada's in it. Canada deserves to be there. They're one of the best teams. I'm going to watch them play. going to watch them play for a medal. As opposed to saying, well, we got a Canadian team, we got Edmontonians that are good enough to compete for a medal, and they're just going to be left out because, well, there's you know teams that just participated and tried really hard and got a lot of kids playing. I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm dumb. I could be. Uh, you can always text 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We, uh, I, I didn't get to this yesterday. I quickly want to play this. Uh, this was Taylor Hall the other night about the Devils being booed during the course of their 7-6 loss to uh, Tampa Bay the other night. We're one for three on the power play, and we're getting booed. And It's a tie game. We're getting booed. So it's that's a tough environment to play in sometimes, especially when you're at home. I know that when... You know we're playing somewhere and uh you know their fans start booing it's uh it's a fun environment for the away team to play in um you know i understand the fans frustration but um you know i mean after the game i think you know if they're booing that's you know we're losing that's that's fine but you know we're one for three on the power play and they're booing our power play it's that's tough those devils fans all over their team we're back after the 6 30 news Second period, Flyers lead the Devils 2-1. Capitals up 4-1 on Buffalo after two. Islanders with a 2-1 edge on the Lightning. Early second period, Carolina leads Detroit 2-1. Eight minutes left in the first, no score. Columbus and St. Louis. The Blues are here on Wednesday to take on your Edmonton Oilers. Later, Stars and Avalanche, Canucks and Ducks. Jets and Sharks. The Oil Kings play at 7 o'clock at Rogers Place against Saskatoon. We had a great interview last night in studio with Connor McDonald and Wyatt McLeod from your Edmonton Oil Kings. Great guys, very entertaining, very talkative, and very good hockey players. CFL halftime, Montreal leads Ottawa 17-11. All right, some text here to 630-630 about the FIBA 3x3 story that uh, the Canadian women's team led by the Plouffe sisters will not get a chance to qualify for the Olympics, even though they're ranked number two in the uh, FIBA World Series. One texter says this is the Jamaican bobsled team part two. <laughs> there already is too much politics in the world. We don't need it in the Olympics as well. But that's a good text. Uh, unfortunately, there might be more politics in the Olympics than there is in actual politics. 
Uh, Randy says, uh, so this is like saying Bianca Andreescu couldn't play in the Olympics because the other Canadian girls aren't playing tennis at a high level. This is terrible logic. Another texter says, if you let the Plouffe sisters play, what is stopping the USA or other countries from sending LeBron James, etc., without playing in all the qualifying tournaments? Well, yeah, but the, the Plouffe's were playing on the tour and should have earned their way into at least the qualifying tournament. LeBron James hasn't been playing three-on-three. So, no, you would not just let LeBron James into the Olympics. Uh, But if he decided to play, retire from the NBA and play three-on-three this last summer and dominate, then, yeah, he he should be in the Olympics. Holden in Slave Lake says, Reed, I have an idea for this basketball 3x3 thing. After the Olympics, Team Edmonton should bring in the gold medal winters, winners for a seven-game series in Edmonton. Remember that match race that Donovan Bailey had at Sky Dome to establish who was the world's fastest man in the 90s? We could hype it up like that, which would be great for the sport, raise some money and for the team, and bring to light the IOC's dumb policies. That is holding in Slave Lake as we bring uh, Dave Campbell on the show. Was that, was that Michael Johnson, the name of the guy he raced, raced against? Who was chicken? Yes, he yes he was a chicken. And he was scared to lose. That's, that's I believe what, that was the quote from Donovan Bailey. <laughs> yeah, it was a one hundred. It was a one hundred and fifty meter race, was it not? They split. Yes, it was. It was. You know, I, I I love the result, but everything around that race now, when I look back, was rather silly. So, but hey, it was a, it was another win for a Canadian athlete, and I, I wanted Donovan Bailey to really whip. Uh, Michael Johnson's butt, and he did that. Even though you know, it was, and now I look back on it, and I go, I'd rather have the Atlanta memories of oh, the sure. 100 meters and the four by 100 more than that. It was that was just hype and and you know bravado and Canada won. So I guess it was a good moment. Uh, I spent the first half hour talking about the Plouffe sisters and the and the FIBA 3x3. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to what we want we want to talk about the game and we want to talk about the Oilers game tomorrow. But I do want to give you a bit of a final thought on it because you and I have been following this. And I you know I mentioned Steve Sir and Jordan Baker. And while I was away this summer, you had, you had Steve on the show. So uh, as you've sort of followed this afternoon, Dave, what are you thinking? Well, you know I go back to a conversation I had with Steve. I believe might have been in May. Um, it was one of the times, uh, it wasn't too long ago that I was filming in for you on the show. And, you know, they're winning tournaments and they're they're finishing well and they're, they're on great runs. And, you know, I see press releases. This is all going towards more points, more ranking points, more more momentum going towards the, the, the 2020 Olympics. And I'm talking to Steve about the success and he's excited about it and looking forward to you know, more tournaments. And I said, so how is FIBA going to qualify teams? And he said, I don't know. FIBA hasn't decided that yet. <laughs> and that made me very, very nervous. <laughs> because I, 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 had, I had no idea that, that FIBA decided to have a, you know, a bunch of three-on-three-by-three three tournaments and, and their potential qualifiers, but having no idea how to qualify. And then uh, to, to see what happened today to uh, Michelle and Catherine's team, uh, who who have been on a tremendous run? They should be in the Olympics, and then they just stick to, you know, oh, let's just go with actual rankings. It's well, okay, so decide one or the other. Are you going to put any merit into these qualifiers, which now seems like a total waste of time, because they basically decided just to ignore it and then go by, you know, their their own rankings or, or the the actual rankings. rankings. I don't know. Yeah, I'm confused by it. So why did you have the men and the women's teams? go through all these qualifiers 
it doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what really makes me angry right now, uh, you know, for Michelle and Catherine, that, that they went through all this effort, all this, you know, this, this time, the, the energy, the, the stress of, of winning these tournaments and doing very well, then all of a sudden they, they don't go to the Olympics because FIBA has no idea what the hell they're doing. Thanks for that, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh. You're in uh, Regina. You and Morley, you're going to hop on the air uh, after the hockey game, probably just before 2 o'clock, and the game between the Riders and the Eskimos will kick off just after 2. Cody Fajardo, one of the most incredible stories in the CFL this season. I, I believe he's listed as the starter for the Riders, though I wonder mm-hmm. if that's exactly what is going to happen. Who, who is the Riders' other quarterback if it comes to that? What do we know about this guy? Well, the starter would be Isaac Harker, who actually played the fourth quarter of the opening game in Hamilton. That's when Zach Caleros got hit in the head by uh, Simone Lawrence and Fajardo came on to play, and then he got hurt. And then Isaac Harker came on in relief and actually looked pretty decent, um, although he did have a turnover, I believe, and the the Riders ended up losing that game. The only other time that we saw Isaac Harker play was uh, an early game, I believe the fourth game of the year for the Riders at home against the Saskat- or the uh, Calgary Stampeders, and the Stampeders pretty much manhandled the Riders. So in all, he has he's 21 of 33 for 254 yards passing, no touchdowns, three interceptions. He's from Indiana State, also played for Colorado Mines in 2018. So I, uh, I don't know much about him, not many people do. Although people who cover the riders and people within the riders seem to have a lot of confidence in him, but it doesn't look good for Cody Fajardo at all, who complained of having a very sore back after the game against the Eskimos. I mean, he was knocked around big time. I believe it was 35 dropbacks. He was hit 19 times, and he was he was taking big shots on a few of those. And then uh, at practice this week on Wednesday, they have their one uh, close practice, and it was on Wednesday. Um, he threw for a bit, I think he said 20, 30 throws, and then he was not even, it was more of like a, a shadow type throw or, or a mock throw, and he just hit the deck, and he was in a lot of pain. So the actual injury is what the writers are calling it, is an oblique strain, but there is some concern that it could be more serious than that. I mean, Fajardo today, um, I believe uh, in another interview, said, um, I'm at a point where I could be one more hit away from my football career being over. So that's how serious it is right now. So it doesn't look like he's going to play. And with the playoffs staring them in the face, and I know the city is uh, the city here in Regina is electric about hosting a, a Western final. But at this point, I mean, they're still going to try and do that tomorrow. But you can't do it at the risk of uh, of your starting quarterback being severely injured and, and not being available to play in that game so you got to do everything you can if you're the riders to to nurse your starting quarterback back to health yeah that's interesting because given the the situation the stakes in the game and it doesn't look like the eskimos are, are going to play harris you know you'd, you'd have to heavily favor the riders but if it's not Fajardo and an inexperienced quarterback that that, that changes everything i mean and i'm not trying to disrespect the riders because they're having a great season they're having a great team and obviously this kid's been practicing all year but that would really change the dynamic and and maybe perk up the years of the eskimos defense a little bit if if uh, inexperienced player is in there yeah no question and and you look at their the eskimos d line tomorrow the only player that is not going to play is is mike moore now kwaku botang amando sewell nick usher will play but they're listed as backups so the, the, the starters are Matthew Betts, Kendall Vickers, Mark Mackey, and Alex Bazzi. 
So that's still a pretty formidable group of seven, in my opinion, for for the most part. So they're going to get after they're going to get after Harker if they do play Brian Bennett as well, who's their third guy um, at any point in the game as well. And their front uh, the the linebacking core is is Walton, uh, Jonathan Walton, Vontae Diggs, and Don Yanaba. Santos Knox is going to play a little bit too. So you know it's not it's not the front seven that that the Riders saw last week at Edmonton, but it's still a pretty good front seven. And and Philip Lawley is going to still dial up pressure tomorrow. And it's not like he's just going to play four-man pressure and, and drop everybody else. So I think the Eskimos are going to, you know, they, they are coming to win with the lineup that they have, even though it's not the best lineup. But they're going to put they're going to put their their uh, fair share of pressure on uh, on Harker as well if, if he does play there. I think he will. Okay, so uh, is Harris even going to dress for the Eskimos, or what's going on? No, he he won't. So Logan Kilgore will start. Uh, Troy Williams will be the backup, and he will see some playing time as well. I believe he'll be the short yardage quarterback, but he will see some reps as well. Um, the receivers that will start, Devaris Daniels, uh, Kevin Elliott, who we saw in Calgary at, uh, at an 88-yard 80 day, uh, back in August 3rd in the loss uh, to the uh, San Peters. We're going to see Matea Jay. We're going to see Harry McMaster, a little bit of Devon Smith, and we're going to see Diego Viamonte. So the first, he's the first ever global player to start in a CFL game. So that will be a lot of fun to see. And Shaq Cooper is, is the running back. All right. Dave, you are now going to vote in the league awards for to who gets out of the West Division. Is that what your next step is? That is my next step, yes. Uh, would you be willing to discuss with me if, if you would vote for Andrew Harris for MOP? You know, I think I've thought about this for a while. Initially, I was asked about this. Uh, I'm one of the voters for the, for the top 50 panel on, on TSN. So the voters were asked by Dave Naylor, would you vote for Andrew Harris if, if you had the chance to, even though he had two games suspension? At the time, I said yes. And then I backed off on it, and now I think, honestly, if he was on the ballot, I would say yes, because it's not my responsibility to take him off. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the league wants wants him off, they should have taken him off. My stance is he probably shouldn't be on there, but if he was on there, I would overwhelmingly have to vote for him. I, 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 I That's what I think. Um, it would be a tough decision to do it, but I guess it's my vote <laughs> saying screaming to the CFL, if you don't want this guy on the ballot, then take him off. So the Winnipeg chapter did the work for us, I guess, right? and, and took him off the ballot. But it should have been up to them. It should have been up to the league. Yeah, well, that was really interesting. I was curious to see how that was, uh, was going to play out. Any Eskimo team nominees that you think have a shot at winning the league award? I think Vontae Diggs has a shot for sure. Um, I think he's had a great rookie season. I'm looking at the West, and the only other player that I have to consider is, is Nate Hawley out of the uh, Calgary Stampeders, who has had a great special teams year, and he's been a starter uh, for a number of games this year, and he's looked uh, very, very good in those games. So I think uh, I think Vontae Diggs has a shot. Sean White, I think, has an outside shot. Um, I have to look at it more closely, but right off the bat, I think Vontae Diggs has a real shot of coming out of the West. All right. Dave, look forward to it tomorrow. Uh, enjoy, enjoy Friday night in Regina. Are you going to Trafon's Pizza? Is that still open? No. Well, we're going to a pizza place tomorrow. Okay. Uh, tonight I'm going to Golf Steakhouse. I'm going to meet uh, our good friend Jamie and I. So, oh, good guy. Excellent yeah. guy. Excellent guy. All right. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, buddy, and uh, all the best to the Oilers tomorrow. Thank you very much. Well, I guess I, I don't know why I'm thanking him for that. I'll pass it on. <laughs>
All right. Well, uh, that'll be an interesting game. I mean, I think if Harker plays quarterback for the Riders, that uh, increases the Eskimos' chances of of winning against what's going to be a very motivated Saskatchewan team. I'll tell you what. Speaking of CFL awards, I have a trivia question. You know, you're going to call in to Bobby at 780-496-0063. She's going to line you up, and somebody's going to win two tickets to see the Oilers and Blues on Wednesday. I'll give you the question now. So you can think about it over the commercial break, but you'll have to answer live on air. Which Edmonton Eskimo, who was a receiver, was the CFL's most outstanding player in 1973? Oh yeah, here's one for you old timers. Which Eskimo's receiver was the CFL's most outstanding player in 1973? If you know the answer, and you can tell me live on air after the break, we'll give you two tickets to see the Oilers and the Blues on Wednesday. Two tickets to see the Oilers and Blues on Wednesday on the line. Which Eskimos receiver was voted most outstanding player in the CFL in 1973? I was not born. Al, do you know the answer? Yes, I did. I was 13 years old. The answer is George McGowan, Clark Stadium. And I was a popcorn and pop uh, vendor seller. And I, I remember George McGowan could catch everything. You're going the extra mile with the detail in that answer. Now, I, you've got the. First of all, have you been to an Oilers game in Rogers Place? Uh, once with a school as part of a parent. All right, and w- which game was it? Do you remember? Uh, that was uh, Colorado, I believe. The Oilers lost. Okay, well, hopefully they do better against the Blues on Wednesday. Uh, awesome. All right, I'm going to ask you, a. this is just a bonus question to give you a chance to show off. You've already oh, okay. won the tickets. I have nothing else to give you. Just okay. my admiration. Okay. Complete bonus question. Another Eskimo then won the Most Outstanding Player Award the next year in 1974. Do you remember who that was? Okay, hang on. Uh, Are you looking it up or are you trying No, to- no, no. Uh, uh, let's see. Jim Germany or... Uh, quarterback. Um, quarterback. Okay, that would be uh, Tom Wilkinson. It was Wilkinson. What oh, was no that? way. And then we didn't have another winner till uh, Moon in 83, Ham in 89. Oh, my God. And then who's the only guy to win it since Ham? Oh, uh, Damon Allen? Riley won. 17, oh, Mike Riley, that's right. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, this is like really old school stuff, man. I know, it's fun. Well, here's the thing. In the 90s, uh, it was Doug Flutie almost every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Allen? you know, the Bantam football back then, you played for uh, like a uh, like a store. You didn't have the capital district like they do now. So I played uh, Bantam for, and who sponsored us was Safeway. Oh, really? This <laughs> yeah. was playing in the 60s? Yeah, uh, uh, 70s. Oh, right. So you were a teenager in the 70s. And you were, yeah. selling, you were selling popcorn at Clark Stadium, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I had the thing on, and, and you had to yell, Pop popcorn, pop popcorn. Now, did you did you find yourself watching the game more than you were yes, popcorn? That's how I got involved in football. 
I took that job with my buddies at, at, at school, and uh, that's how I got into uh, into football. All right, I didn't now, even care about selling. I'm glad you're going to go to an Oilers game. Uh, it'll be good. Just taking on the Stanley Cup champion Blues. Colton Pareko is going to be in town, and awesome. hopefully the Oilers are working on a win streak, man. Hang on the line, okay? Oh, thank you. Craig Berube, too. Right on. That's right. That's right. Craig Berube, coaching the St. Louis Blues. Al gets the tickets. Thanks to everybody who uh, called in. We've been giving away a few Oilers tickets this year, which is good. I, I do appreciate the enthusiasm on the phone line and on the text line. But just like in Highlander, there can be only one. Total bonus questions. To- total bonus points on the text line if you can tell me who starred in Highlander. Both Both guys. Again, you won't win anything. It'll just it'll just make me feel good on a Friday night. Who starred in Highlander? All right. <laughs> All right. We uh, what are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna have Jack Michaels from Pittsburgh on after the seven o'clock news, and this is gonna be pretty cool. And speaking of old old Eskimos, there's a connection to a guest coming up at seven thirty to Warren Moon. We're gonna have Giff Nielsen on the show. He used to be the quarterback for the Houston Oilers. And then he went into broadcasting in Houston, and he used to do a TV show with Warren Moon. Uh, Giff's now a high-ranking member of the Mormon Church, and he was in Edmonton this week. Uh, But he's going to come on and talk about his football and broadcasting career. But Jack Michaels tees up the Penguins and the Oilers next. Global News at 7. Good evening, I'm Thomas Dias. It's 4 degrees. City police have laid a murder charge against an inmate four months after being called to investigate the death of another inmate at the Eppington Remand Centre. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.